0: quick scouts boomed about the humid door and pick your milk for breakfast cereal Mount Rushmore
1: they'll be there for you there's a non-zero chance they'll be there for you helping with lead dominance they'll be there for you and read to me
2: too three
1: home runs from AJ Pollock, eight strikeouts from Josh Haters, gonna hate, 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 and welcome to the show everybody, fantasy baseball today, of course, the big news, the Corey Seeger injury, and some shortstop replacements for you, but, Heath and Chris, Kreeth, I've got, uh, I've got a challenge for you. I have some fun stuff planned for today, and it's up to you to make sure that we get to them, by, Keeping a good pace. It's not, it's not in my hands anymore. It's completely so up to you. It
2: sounds like what you want to do is make sure that we don't have any fun during the show so we can get to the fun stuff you want to do.
1: But we'll all have fun with the fun stuff. Okay. Yeah, how's that sound? I'm Chris just trying, I'm trying to be fast. Okay. Hi, hi, Chris. Yeah, hi and bye. Right, Chris? Great. Morning. Hello. Alright. Uh, I think we should start with Corey Seeger, guys. How much, uh, Corey Seeger do you guys own?
0: Uh, you know this. I have zero Corey Seeger.
2: I know that I don't have any Corey Seager in Categories Leagues. I was basically on board with what Chris was saying in the preseason in Categories Leagues. I do believe I have him in one points league. I might have. Do I have him in the podcast league?
1: Oh, I hope so, because I think we're playing each other this week, buddy.
0: Uh That's mean.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, you have money, money, Tomas problems. Do I have him? You do. You have the worst team name and the worst shortstop. Rest of season. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, so what are you gonna do? Uh, probably
2: cry. Is I you are looking at my roster, and I am not looking at my roster. I am trying to my look at my roster, but this is not going as fast as you would like. I'm hoping this is one of the many teams where I have Paul DeYoung kind of influx.
1: All right, well, what should the uh, what should fantasy owners do? Well, I, the first thing, actually, I want to start with with Corey Seager is you know he needs Tommy John. He's out for the season, but this is a lingering elbow injury. Is it possible that uh, this has kind of hurt his production and his best? that he's going to come back better than ever from this Tommy John surgery.
2: I mean, I would not say that I think this is, like, I think there is a chance that this impacted his production last year at the end of the year. And you can just look at the splits and see a point of the year where he was pretty much almost Carlos Correa, and then everything fell apart. Yeah, And he hasn't been good at the start of this year. So I wouldn't want to rule it out. I also don't think that should be the expectation. Because it's also a lingering elbow issue that could continue to
1: linger. Well, I, okay, so I thought he had a back injury last year that hurt him, and I thought the, the elbow injury was like a spring training injury last year. He's had it for a while. maybe I'm wrong. Am I, am I, no no the was,
0: elbow injury was last year. That was what kept him out. No, of the I
1: fight. thought it was last spring training. He had a back injury in the second half and the postseason. I thought he played basically with it with the elbow injury all last year, and now it's just gotten too much.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've said that they considered Tommy John surgery as an option last at the end of last season and opted against it. Um, so this has been an issue going back. Okay,
1: so let's talk about replacements then. Here are the guys that just looking at ownership percentage that could be available in shallow leagues: Marcus Simeon, <clears throat> Simeon, Scott Kingery, Zach Cozart. Dansby Swanson, Tim Anderson, both have been sort of struggling lately. Simeon, Kingery, Cozart, Swanson, Anderson. Who do you like there?
0: Probably, I would say Cozart. Just what he did last year, I think um, that that's probably the best case scenario for any of these guys. And so I'd rather chase the guy who's done it. Even with the change in park and the fact that he hasn't been quite as good this season, uh, I would go for that. Yeah, I don't know that I see a big difference between Cozart and Simeon. In a Roto
2: League, I'd probably still take a chance on Anderson. Um,
0: it's, yeah, I'm kind of assuming Anderson's not available in any Roto Leagues. Yeah, it's Most possible. of these guys aren't available in most. I mean, these are all, guys are all 75-plus owned.
1: Right. Okay. So that's your shallow league options. Medium leagues, that's a thing. Jose Peraza has been hitting pretty well lately. 321 batting average in the last three weeks. And he's been a lot better than guys like Addison Russell and Orlando Arcia and Ahmed Rosario and Cattell Marte. But Eduardo Escobar's had a nice year. Daniel Robertson, Chris Owings. So Peraza, Russell, Escobar, Robertson, Arcia, Ahmed Rosario, Cattell Marte, Chris Owings. Anybody stand out there?
2: Uh Russell I think is the, is the safest and definitely has the highest floor. I like the possibilities for both Marte and Peraza, but I'd rather have P- Peraza.
0: And I, I don't want to overlook uh Orlando Arcia either. He was really quite good in the second half last season. Um hasn't been nearly as good so far this season, but I think there's there's power, there's 15 homer 20 steal potential.
1: Deep Leagues, J.P. Crawford, Aledmus Diaz, Lourdes Guriel, Jurekson Profar, Enrique Hernandez, Nick Ahmed, who's got great slash lines so far. J.P. Crawford on the DL, Alledmus Diaz, Lourdes Guriel, Jurekson Profar, Enrique Hernandez, Nick Ahmed, anybody jump out in Deep Leagues?
2: In points leagues, there's a guy you skipped over, uh, and I don't know if it was intentionally or not, but Brandon Crawford, I think is probably going to be better than all those guys in a points league.
1: I don't think it was intentional, but I do think I know he sat yesterday. I'm not sure he's starting against lefties at this point.
2: I'm not sure he has to start against lefties to be better than these guys in points leagues.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, uh yeah, yeah. I, Enrique Hernandez should get a little more playing time. Uh, in light of this news in center field, so he might be the one in Roto just because he does have some pop. Uh, and I'm interested in Lourdes Gurriel. I don't know if he's any good, but I'm interested.
1: Hey, Yuli Guriel says, "Lourdes Gurriel is even better than than Yuli is." So that's well. Pretty, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice older brother for you. Uh, all right, so it's it's not pretty. Maybe the best thing to do, guys, is try to buy low on a shortstop. What do you think?
0: Probably that's what uh, Scott White wrote last night in reaction to this. Is that there are a lot of buy low shortstops that you can target. Um, you know the. The shortstop position is not as shallow as it used to be, and so that means that there are opportunities to find
1: buy-low candidates. Well, who who would they be? Who would you want to buy low on right now?
0: So here here are the ones that Scott mentions. Alex Bregman, Francisco Lindors, Xander Bogarts, although I don't know if that actually counts anymore. He came back and hit another home run yesterday. He's a monster. Elvis Andrews, because he's on the DL, Marwin Gonzalez, uh, Glaber Torres, Jan Harris, Salarte, Zach Cozart, and Andrelton Simmons.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, Bregman, he's been really bad so far, but this is the third year in a row in which he's gotten off to a bad start, and I think Bregman has more walks than strike. He has 20 walks, 16 strikeouts, and 8 doubles. He's actually the number 13 shortstop in points, number 23 in Roto right now. So I'm going to assume everybody thinks Bregman's going to turn it around, have a good year, and is definitely a buy low. Yep, Marwin's more interesting. You know, you're desperate right now as the Corey Seager owner, but gosh, he he last year was such an outlier for Marwin Gonzalez, and he is back to being a bad hitter right now. Do you guys think Marwin Gonzalez is a buy low?
2: I would be very hesitant to buy low because you may just be buying as is.
0: Well, I, I think it has to be really low, like one of the last two players on your roster, probably.
1: And then Elvis Andrews, I think, is a is a good one. He could be out. He could be out another month or so. It was a six to eight week injury. But yeah, I'm, I mean, you're going to get a great player hopefully when he comes back. What were the other names, Chris?
0: Uh Andrelton Simmons, Francisco Lindor, who's also off to a disappointing start. Uh, Gleber Torres, Yan Harris, Salarte,
1: Zach Cozart. Is there anybody on that list that you would specifically be targeting? The best one to get right now.
0: I would say Angleton Simmons is probably just underrated at this point. And I don't think the guy who owns him is probably too married to the idea of continuing to start him. He's probably got someone that he drafted higher than Angleton Simmons at shortstop. So uh I, I think that's a very good target.
1: Heath, anything for you? Yeah, I agree. Okay. By the way, a couple things to clarify. Brandon Crawford does not always sit against lefties. Occasionally, he sits against lefties. And Corey Seager had the elbow injury. I don't think it was spring training last year. It was basically the second half of last year, and he couldn't, which is basically what what Heath said. And he couldn't really throw the ball, so it stinks. And I'm sorry. And that is uh, a big piece of injury news. Corey Seager out for the year. Let's move on. There's a lot of good stuff from yesterday, including AJ Pollock's three home runs. So I'm coming. I try to come up with a segment title. In the spirit of team name Tuesday. And I've got the following options. You can tell me what you like. We have AJ day. Just a quick little rhyme there. Hooray for AJ. An A for AJ. Or Pollock dinner.
2: Like, Just to clarify, is this the part of the podcast where we're having fun or <laughs> we're trying to go quick so we can't have fun later?
0: Uh, I've got a better one. Adam, you're a, you're a Green
1: Day fan, right? Uh, I like doing an impression of the guy's voice. Oh, okay. So you're not a Green Day fan? No, not really.
0: I'm a quasi. It's like semi- it, This is a deep cut. Uh, Hero for AJ. No, yeah.
1: I, okay. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Hero for AJ. All of mine were better, including Pollock dinner. No. Like no, dinner. yours
0: were all worse. You should feel bad.
1: AJ Pollock is the number th- seven hitter in points leagues, number three in Roto. He's batting 291 with nine home runs. He's a different hitter. Chris talked about this, I think, last week. He's a, bi- a different hitter, a lot more fly balls. Career high, hard contact rate, 42.3%. And he changed his swing this offseason. Is A.J. Pollock a stud? Uh, so let's
0: put some numbers to it. This season he ranks 63rd out of 210 batters in average launch angle. Uh, last season he was 340th out of 459th. So he has nearly doubled his average launch angle. And I was skeptical that this was going to work, given what seemed to be his sort of middling raw power and the obviously the humidor, which has had an effect. I think we're starting to see... Uh, MLB.com had something yesterday about the effects of the humidor. And it has suppressed offense to a pretty uh, big degree so far. But... Not his. Not his. And, I mean... The 25% home run to fly ball rate, as with anyone who has, what, nine home runs at this point in the season? Yeah. That's not sustainable. But, you know, if if he continues hitting just his career average of 12% uh, of his fly balls over the fence, yeah, you're probably looking at a at a 25-homer 25, 25 guy if he keeps this up.
1: Well, Heath, you've got A.J. Pollock outside your top 20. Are you going to be moving him up ahead of guys like Cespedes, Ozuna, McCutcheon, Conforto.
2: I will be moving him up. I've got a rankings update to do either today or tomorrow. He won't get ahead of someone like Lorenzo Kane, who is also off to a great start, and I think probably in a better offense. But he's going to be moving up into the top 20.
1: Would you rather have Christian Yelich or A.J. Pollock?
0: I'll still take Yelich, but that one's closer. Chris? Um... I think you just have to go with Yalesch because of the injury risk for Pollock.
1: Okay. We have we have mentioned the steals, by the way. He does have 6 steals and 8 attempts. Uh just the weird thing for him is really bad well, walk to strikeout ratio. It's not terrible, but it's not good. 26 strikeouts in 27 games, but I guess that's uh, the trade-off when you get more power.
0: And he's the only person running in Arizona right now.
1: Is that right? Yeah. I guess so.
0: I mean, it maybe Jared Dyson? But in terms of the guys that you know, Paul Goldschmidt, has he attempted a steal yet? Yeah, he has two and two
1: attempts. I think. Okay. They came in back to back games. Uh, yeah. All right, AJ Pollock, awesome star for him. So, who do you guys want to talk about as uh, Monday standouts? And let me just preview what's coming up on today's show. A lot of your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi dot com. I don't often give out our Twitter handles, but I've got a lot of your tweets. Chris is at c towers cbs. Heath is at Heath Cummings Senior at Heath Cummings Sr. Scott is at CBS Scott White, and I am at Adam Azer A I Z E R. And I've got your tweets and emails coming up. This is, of course, the Chris Chris Towers Show. So I'm going to read a tweet that he put out yesterday about Astros pitchers, and I'm going to talk about his very interesting article about Ozzie Albie's. We are celebrating Chris Towers today, and later I I wrote
2: things on the internet.
1: If they were as interesting as what Chris writes, then believe me, they'd be – but oh, so nothing you, is. I understand. Nothing is. It's been uh, a while. And later we're going to be Fantasy Regulators. And I actually have the instrumental version this time, so <laughs> this will go <laughs> a little bit better. Okay. Uh That's coming up later. All right. Monday standouts. Heath Cummings, who do you got?
2: I think we have to talk about Josh Hader. Uh, I'd gotten a tweet before yesterday's game saying, why isn't Josh Hader pitched in forever? If he's not going to get saves, am I still holding him? Yes, you are. Because sometimes he's going to get saves, and sometimes he's going to get the greatest save in arguably the history of baseball. <laughs> it's true. Eight strikeouts in two and two-thirds innings. Do you know what his K per nine is now for the year? Nineteen point five.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I have some Josh Hader fun facts. Would you like to hear them? Yep. Go right ahead, Chris. Maybe you could write about them and then Adam can reference them. Uh so <laughs> this season, Luis Castillo has retired sixty three point four percent of all opposing batters.
1: Oh, but that's that's his strikeout rate, isn't it? That's Hader's strikeout.
0: Josh rate. Hader's strikeout rate is sixty two point nine percent. So I did some digging. He has 39 strikeouts and 62 plate appearances so far this season. The best stretch of Aroldis Chapman's career is 37 strikeouts and 65 plate appearances. The best stretch of Craig Kimball's career is 38 strikeouts in 64 plate appearances. Uh, Billy Wagner never came close. Carter Capps never came close. Uh, as far as I can tell, this is the most dominant strikeout run in the history of baseball. Wow.
1: All right. so with Josh Hader, and by the way, we had an email of the day about Josh Hader, is from uh Jake in West Bend, Wisconsin. He says, Hey, Marco, Michael, and Mario. Uh I don't know Godfather, maybe? No, oh race cars. Um he wants to point out the brewers are eleven and 0 when the hater aid pitches.
2: And just to be clear, those are race car drivers, not race cars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's the same thing. <laughs> Uh, he wants Josh Hader to be an MVP candidate. Josh Hader is 78% owned. i got to be honest. I think when Corey Knable comes back, he's useless in points leagues. I don't. How could he be good if he doesn't get wins or saves? You Do you remember the good. year that
2: Chris Davinsky was good in points leagues?
1: Didn't he make some starts, though?
2: I think he may have. He, like The point in time when he was useful in points league, that's not why. It was because he was twice a week throwing three innings. Or, if Josh Hader throws five innings a week, I think he's going to be a top 25 reliever.
1: Well, right now he's number five in points and number three in roto amongst relievers. I mean, is Josh Hader the best non-closer to own, you know, the, of the Andrew Millers of the world? I know he's on the DL, but of that group, is Josh Hader far and away the, the best one? I mean, w-
0: I think he probably has to be. He
2: he is, and it's not just because of how dominant he's been to start the year. He was someone that had some appeal at the beginning of the year, because I don't think it's unreasonable to think he could still make starts in the second half. Sure. I I think there is still a very decent chance the Brewers, and maybe it doesn't work, but at some point you have to see, can Josh Hader be an ace?
1: He looks amazing. I, I, obviously, guys, their stuff plays up better in the bullpen than the rotation. But, my God, he as soon as I see him go in, I change the channel. Uh Billy Hamilton, by the way, struck out bunting yesterday. So that doesn't really count for Josh Hader. Did he
0: bunt out? Yeah. Or did he? Okay.
1: He bunted on two strikes, and it was foul. And he's out. Uh has got four saves. He did get the save. He got a two and two-third inning save last night. He has uh the last two saves for Milwaukee, and he's 78% home. them. All right, uh, Chris Towers, stand out, please.
0: Um. Okay. Well, let's just talk about the the tweet you wanted to talk about. Sure.
1: Okay. First Astros, of all, what, what is Animal Collective? Am I supposed to know what that is?
0: My Twitter display names this year are all indie fantasy baseball team names, <laughs> and there is a band called Animal Collective. I'm sure. My great. previous one was Neutral Milk Dotel.
1: Don't know what that is either.
0: Neutral Milk Hotel and Octavio Dotel.
1: I, Octavio Dotel, I, I got that one. Um, yeah. Alright, let's read your, read your tweet.
0: Uh, hot take for Adam Azer. The Astros have four top 20 starting pitchers and none of them are named after the third largest city in the state of Texas.
1: <laughs> Which of course would be Dallas. Okay, yes. uh, hot take for Chris Towers. You is are it, you are Is right. it a hot take? You are correct. I bl- I think you are right on that, and I think the Astros have five top twenty-five starting pitchers. Uh Top thirty-five. I like. tight. It's type going to
2: be these. difficult for Lance McCullers, I think, to be a top twenty starting pitcher in points leagues this year, just because I don't know that the innings will be there. So um, my what?
1: Qu- who's going to talk now? Like he now?
2: can he can get to one hundred and seventy innings. He could. the The problem, yes. I'm not saying he doesn't have the ceiling of a top twenty pitcher. What I what I think it is, we come into the year. Most top twenty pitchers, the ceiling is 190 or higher, and we expect, you know, they might miss a start or two because of something little. Maybe they throw 180. With McCullers, like 170 is the ceiling.
1: I still think I'd take Keichel over McCullers. Actually, now that Heath brings that up, but I, in
2: a points league, I I. And I don't know that I would take Keichel over McCullers. What I'm saying is at the end of the year, I
0: think Keichel's going to have more fantasy points than McCullers. Probably. But then, you know, once you account for, you know, replacement level starts, I, I think it probably gets pretty close. I, I just – in terms of who's better, I don't think it's close. No,
2: I think he's a much better pitcher. I don't think we're going to get the, better the pitcher. We'll... Are, Much yes.
1: better pitcher. Much better pitcher? Yeah. Oh, you guys love strikeouts, man. I mean uh, – We do. He's – Maybe he's better. I don't know that that anybody's much better than Dallas Keuchel. But well, uh, Clayton
2: Kershaw is much better than Dallas Keuchel.
1: I, I mean, Dallas Keuchel had a sub three ERA three of his last four seasons. ERA matters anyway. Charlie Morton though is awesome. One seventy two ERA, thirteen walks, forty five strikeouts and thirty six and two thirds. Completely dominated the Yankees yesterday. He's a point nine eight WHIP. So rank the Astros starting pitchers. What format? <laughs> Half PPR.
0: Half PPR. Yeah. Uh, okay. Garrett Cole could probably get some touchdowns. He's pretty tall, right? Um.
2: Yeah. It's Garrett Cole and then Justin Verlander. In points, I might take
0: Verlander. It's. I think. I think it's Cole and Verlander. It's really interesting between Morton and McCullers because I think they both have the same strengths and I think they both have the same weaknesses. We've never seen a full season from either of them. Sure. Uh, we've never seen a full season from this version of Charlie Morton, especially the one that's, you know, got the fifth highest average fastball velocity in baseball. Um, but he is, I think, just as unhittable as Justin Verlander and, and Garrett Cole on their best days.
2: So I will say in a points league, I'm going Verlander, Cole, Keuchel, Morton, McCullers. Verlander. In a Roto League, I'm going Cole, Verlander,
0: Hmm. McCullers,
2: Morton, Keichel. Which
0: it wouldn't surprise me if Charlie Morton was the best of them on a perny basis.
1: I know that you like uh the the top 2 Cole and Verlander better. How many of the other 3, Morton, McCullers, Keichel, do you like better than Chris Archer?
0: Uh probably McCullers and Morton. <sighs>
2: Again, I come back to the points thing and the innings thing, and sure. I, I think Archer's a lot better than this. So in a points league, I, I don't like those guys better than Archer.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, my standout is Jake Arrieta, guys. 98% owned, 94% started. Terrible start at the Marlins. We must remember he did not have a full spring training. But the strikeouts, the swinging strikes, starting to get a little worrisome. So, Arietta has a 349 ERA. There's nothing wrong with that, but 10 walks, 20 strikeouts and 28 and a third. He has three starts out of five with two or fewer strikeouts. No more than five strikeouts in any start, uh, except for one. And, uh, it's kind of a continuation of what we saw at the end of last year. Just not a lot of swinging strikes, not a and great yeah, strikeout
0: rate. The swinging strike rate has disappeared. Uh, it's what, five starts for him? He's at 6.3% swinging strike rate, which would be one of the lowest marks in baseball if he sustained it uh more concerning i think is the contact percentage which is the percent of uh the contact divided by swings basically and that's gone from 76.3% in 2015 77 76.8 in 2016 and then 80% last year 85% this year that's uh that's a really concerning sign even when he's inducing swings like, even on pitches out of the strike zone, he's not getting swinging strikes. Okay.
2: I barely had Arietta in my top 40 coming into the year. I think I was the lowest on him and got fooled by this fat fooled you. Fooled you. And had moved him up just to 27th. Um, he never got into my top 25, but he's going right back where he was. I, I think he belongs in that Kyle
0: Hendricks, uh, Luke Weaver range. Okay. He doesn't throw that much harder than Kyle Hendricks anymore.
1: That's yeah,
0: not true. He throws quite a bit harder. Than I, him.
1: I just, I, last thing on Arietta. should we, should we give him a little bit of leash just because he was a late signing?
0: Sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, he 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 is pitching as if he was trying to get more contact. Like he's throwing his fastball sixty-eight percent of the time. Um, I just, I don't know how much I like that version of him.
1: Okay. That's Jake Arietta. So Heath's gonna move him around 40th overall in his rankings. You have a number four pitcher with Chris Ari- with Jake Arietta. Uh, let me do the news and notes, some bullpen notes, and then I'd like to talk about some underachievers like Alex Bregman. Well, we kinda talked about him. Evan Gaddis, Edwin Encarnacion. I think Chris Bryant is an underachiever so far. I wanna talk about that. I wanna read your emails and tweets. It is May 1st, so I'd like to take a look at the top five at each position if we have time. Not sure we will. Of course, it is Team Name Tuesday. We have a strong batch of Team Name Tuesday. Uh, I hope I didn't leave them in the notes for you guys. I usually try to delete them so you can't see them ahead of time. Uh, so I hope you
0: didn't leave them in the notes don't, either, Adam. Don't I look. would be really disappointed. Don't look. <laughs> Not mad. Yeah, I know. Just disappointed.
1: Right, I'm better than that. News and notes. DJ LeMay, who's on the DL with a hamstring injury. Pat Valaika and Ryan McMahon could play second base in... The absence of LeMahieu, Valaika got the start yesterday. And Carlos Gonzalez is back. So David Dahl did sit yesterday, but I don't think Cargo played actually. But Dahl sat against the lefty. Um, That was kind of annoying. We have some David Dahl questions. Scooter Jeanette sat with a sore shoulder, which has apparently been bothering him since spring training. Scooter Jeanette. Mike Mustakis, and David Peralta were both hit by pitches, and both are fine. Their day-to-day x-rays were negative. Looks like Miguel Sano is probably headed to the DL. He's still day-to-day, but could go on the DL. Mookie Betts, unlike Sano, uh, looks like he's on his way back. He was available to pinch hit yesterday. Martin Perez is on the DL with an elbow injury. Here are some prospects to know. Minnesota starting pitcher, Fernando Rivera, is going to start tomorrow, with Phil Hughes going to the bullpen. Nick Kingham is going to make another start for the Pirates. Not surprising. Eric Lauer... Gave up three runs in the first inning, but ended up having a, you know, an encouraging start at San Francisco for the Padres. And Alex Verdugo is going to start for the Dodgers. He's an outfielder while Yasiel Puig is out. So we have Minnesota's three pitchers and a hitter. Minnesota's Fernando Rivera, Pittsburgh's Nick Kingham, San Diego's Eric Lauer, and Dodgers outfielder Alex Verdugo. Do you guys have interest in these minor leaguers, now major leaguers?
0: Uh, Verdugo's probably the most interesting of the bunch. This is a, A prospect who hasn't hit for a ton of power in the minors but you know as we've seen that can go a couple of different ways you can go the Ozzy Albies route where the hit tool uh plays up and you start just seeing a few more balls go over the fence it can go the Miguel Andujar role or it can go the Jesse Winker way where he hasn't hit for any power but has still been a pretty good hitter nonetheless um I think he's the most interesting, especially with the Seeger injury. It could open up an opportunity for him in the outfield. I did pick up Fernando Romero and
1: oh, it's Romero. Okay, no wonder I couldn't find it's because I, I said Rivera. Thank yeah, you. Nah,
0: is it Romero?
1: Yes, Fernando Romero. My apologies.
2: Fernando Romero is the guy on my roster. Okay, scheduled to make his Twins debut on Wednesday. I believe. Is that I believe the guy you. we're looking for that's I him. Yep. Uh, I pick it up in AL only. I could understand picking him up in a deeper mixed league just to see what they have here. Like, the Twins need another starting pitcher
0: pretty badly. He was okay in the minor leagues. Yeah, he has 140 strikeouts in 146 innings between uh, 26 starts at AA and AAA. So probably not a huge strikeout guy but that's something that maybe could play up in the uh in the majors that's something we see sometimes with pitchers like that
1: and we haven't like nick kingham not not feeling it i mean he's pretty owned fairly owned
0: uh you know i am almost doing so scott game. scott white writes at night now mm-hmm. and scott i i have a nick kingham piece by him to edit this morning after the podcast so i i will let you know how i feel about nick kingham after i read that
1: Okay, well, Nick Kingham. So look for that on CBS CBSports.com. I'd, I'd rather
2: have Kingham than Romero.
1: Nick Kingham is 45% owned, and Eric Lauer is 5% owned. All right, those are your prospects for today. Justin Bour pinch hit. Dustin Pedroia says he expects to be back on May 25th. Very specific. He's recovering from knee surgery. Pedroia. The Red Sox have six grand slams. They did not hit one grand slam last year. They already have six that tied for the most ever before May. Uh, Detroit starting pitcher Daniel Norris is out eight to 12 weeks with a groin injury. Kyle Schwarber sat against the lefty. Steven Matz is having today's start pushed back, perhaps to the weekend due to a back issue. Randall Grichuk is on the DL, and Wilson Ramos sat again with leg tightness. As far as the bullpen yesterday, there really wasn't much. You had yesterday was the day where all the regular closers weren't available, so Steve Cishek, Jose Alvarado, and Brandon Kinsler got saves instead of Brandon Morrow, Alex Colome, and Sean Doolittle. But nothing to see there. Ken Giles struck out the side for the Astros. He got the save. That was encouraging if you're a Giles owner.
0: I think he's fine. Yeah. I uh, think that's six straight scoreless appearances for him.
1: Yeah, he's looking good. Uh, Brad Ziegler got the save. Oh uh, No, he didn't get the save, but he pitched the ninth in a four-run game. Four-run win for the Marlins. Carl Bearclaw pitched the seventh. Shane Green struggled again. They have a bad bullpen. And Brad Hand struggled, but he's been great this year. Okay, back to the show. Chris, it's the Chris Tower Show. Chris, interesting story on Ozzie Albies. One of the most interesting stories I've read in a long time on cbsports.com um, Yeah, go uh, discuss how you feel about Ozzie Albies. Should we sell high?
2: Chris just took a picture
0: of my arm, Heath's to
2: arm, to illustrate that there was a problem
0: with
1: it. It wasn't, it wasn't
0: a problem. It just there was a line in his arm. And the way I, I don't I guess it was from resting on the edge of your computer. Uh, no, it's from a, oh, it's a an star. injury. I, I had about oh, sixty-five right. stitches yeah.
2: in my arm. I was wondering I was just wondering, what just, out my, just wondering what it was. Pointing out my pictures of my imperfections. I just yeah. didn't want like, to interrupt
0: the podcast. Like, like
2: what if I took a picture of someone <laughs> and said, Hey, what's
0: wrong with you? <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> what's wrong look with at you.
1: This. I was just wondering what was going on. I'm Sorry, my body's not perfect, Chris.
0: Your body's perfect.
1: You're shaming him. That's really bad. Please mark the tape. Uh, Chris, <laughs> I am regulating right now, Chris. You will not take pictures of Chris's or Heath's body again. Okay, fine. All right, talk That's about great. Ozzie Albies.
0: So, Ozzie Albies is, a, is a, a tough player to figure out because it's kind of the Francisco Lindor thing all over again from a couple years ago where he couldn't – he didn't really hit all that well in the minors, but he was super young, he comes up to the majors, and all of a sudden he looks – like a borderline elite hitter. I don't think we've ever seen a version of Francisco Lindor that's been as good as the month we just saw from Ozzy Albies. Um, but that's the, that's the natural comp I would go with. And basically where, where I come down with Ozzy Albies in this piece is, you know, I look into his, he's not going to keep hitting for this much power, but nobody should, but he's hitting a lot of balls in the air. He makes pretty good contact. He's got good speed. All, you, you put it all together and it's pretty clear after 80, Five games or whatever in his major league career, that Ozzy Albies is good. The question is whether he's a second round type of good hitter or a fifth round type of good hitter. If somebody in your league thinks that he's a second round hitter, you should probably trade him. Like I had somebody on Twitter tell me yesterday that they would trade Chris Sale for Ozzy Albies or Luis oh Severino Oh my gosh. No. You do either of those trades in a second, and you don't worry about how good Ozzie Albies is. Can... You, you,
1: you trade Albies for a Severino or Sale in a second. Yes. yes. Yes, yes.
0: And and my thought is basically anybody who we were drafting in the top three rounds, except for Corey Seager probably, you should trade Ozzie Albies for. Once you get into the fourth or fifth round range, and talking to Sky yesterday, I think he also agrees that that's probably where Ozzie Albies goes right now. That's where it gets a little more questionable. Do you trade Alex Bregman for Ozzy Albies? I probably would. But it's not a guarantee. I would probably trade I would probably trade Albies for Tommy Pham. But again, not necessarily a guarantee.
1: I'll tell you and, one third rounder I I would not trade Albies for. See what you think. And I could regret this. Josh Donaldson.
0: That's that's what I was thinking just cuz the injury and yeah, the yeah. The question marks around that. Although he should be back this week, right?
1: Yeah, this weekend. It just, I just wonder if he's back to stay or if there's more D. Elston's coming. The, he's the one thing prone.
0: that I think you need to know about Ozzy Albies is he is closer to the bottom of the league in both average exit velocity and hard hit rate. And actually, we can throw an average exit velocity on just line drives and home runs. So... There's not a ton of evidence. Like He looks like an average power hitter.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I think he's leading the league in doubles tied with Miguel Andujar. He's up there. And he
0: was like one or two extra base hits away from tying the Major League record for extra base hits in the month of April.
1: Yeah, uh, amazing start for Albies, the number one second baseman in fantasy. Here's one other thing to know about him, and then I'll, I'd like to know what he thinks about Albies. He has him fourth in, in uh, his rankings. Uh, Ozzy Albies is not great against righties. He destroys lefties, but going back to last year and now the early part of this year, he's got an 804 OPS against righties, that's not bad, but he's batting 239. Uh, he has a 1708 OPS against lefties so far. Uh, the, uh, the A-Braves have the fourth fewest at bats against lefties so far. And that's Albies' strength. So if they get more at bats against lefties, maybe they're just going to be out toward the bottom all year, but, The more bats against lefties you get from Albies, the more production you're going to get. And They have the fourth fewest thus far. Heath, um, where would you draft Ozzy Albies if you were drafting right now?
2: I think you'd probably be looking to take him somewhere around the fourth or fifth round. Um, Somewhere in the range, like not quite up in the range of the Brian Dozier where he was going. But but right around after that maybe – there are things that he's doing right now as as Chris talked about that are not going to last. And it mostly doesn't matter because I think he's going to hit somewhere around two hundred ninety to three hundred. And man, if if he is at the top of the Braves lineup ahead of Acuna and Freeman,
0: whoo, just score a lot of runs. A yeah. ton. It is it is worth noting when talking about the batting average, his plate discipline has gotten worse this I season.
2: Yeah, it's gone from fourteen percent last year to eighteen percent in one month. I don't I don't sure. know that his pl- like it has I mean, been he only a- had
0: two, he only had 2 months last year. Right. And he was like 19 20% in AAA as well.
2: The second year, the first year he was 15.8. Yeah. So I I think he's going to strike out between 14 and 17
1: 18%. Yeah, these are strikeout rates we're talking about. All right, so the rest of the show, light speed is too sh- too slow. Prepare the ship for ludicrous speed and here we go. Uh, we got some underachievers to talk about. I want to talk about Evan Gaddis. I want to talk about Edwin Encarnacion. I specifically want to talk about me and how bad I usually am at the on the draft app. So today, here's here's the segment. It's Adam looks up how he did on draft last night. I think it's fun to share it with um with the crowd. I did not win. I am getting better. I came in fourth out of out of five. So I'm no longer finishing in fifth. But I do love it. Please download the draft app right now, and we've got the promo code for you. It's FBtoday. Again, that promo code is FBtoday. You will get entry into a free baseball draft when you make your first deposit and use the promo code FBtoday. And I will play against you Big Cane 2. You can either follow me, Big Cane 2, B-I-G-C-A-N-E 2, or you can just use that promo code FBtoday, and you'll automatically follow me. I post a draft every single day, sometimes multiple drafts. Uh, we play for a dollar, you take my dollar, and we have a good time. It's winner take all, and the uh, winner gets, I think, $4.50. So, yeah, yesterday I had Zach Granke. I thought I was going to win because he had a great start, 10 strikeouts and a win in six innings. I had Joey Votto, but I also had Anthony Rizzo, Reese Hoskins, and George Springer. So, uh, you know, you just never know, but it's fun. You do a snake draft every single day. They're quick. They only take a few minutes. You can play... Big contests, up to about 10 people. You can play one-on-one against your buddies, whatever you want. You can play for a lot of money. You can play for a little money. You get cold, hard cash. You get paid out the next day. So I love the Draft app. Get on there with me. Use the promo code FB today. You can download the app, or you can go to draft.com to play. And they've got football. They've got golf. They've got basketball, uh, DFS for many, many sports on the Draft app. All right, Evan Gaddis is an underachiever. Who's worried? About a guy who's hitting 200 and has started only two of his last six games, Evan Gaddis.
0: Oh,
2: I'm terrified. I have quite a bit of Evan Gaddis. I'm fortunate that I made the Wilson Ramos discovery about halfway through the uh, preseason because that uh, limited my exposure a little bit. I did think Ramos was a better value on draft day. There's not a lot that I can see in the profile to get you excited about him. There's not any forthcoming regression. Now, I, I want to say that I don't necessarily think Evan Gaddis is just done. Like his power is just gone and he's just going to suck forever. But I, there's no, no data that I can find that would support Evan Gaddis should be better than this other than the fact that it's one month and he's always yeah, been
1: better. And he's had a month this bad. Didn't he get demoted two years ago? Two years ago, Evan Gaddis. In his first yeah. twenty games, he batted two oh three with one home run. Then I think he got sent down. He came back a couple weeks later and he had an eight sixty nine OPS in his final one hundred and eight games with thirty one homers.
0: So the the one thing I, I will point out with Evan Gaddis is this is continuing a trend for him that started last season, where he is becoming I don't know if it's a conscious decision or what, but more of a contact hitter. Um Contact rate has gone from seventy five percent in twenty sixteen to seventy nine point six percent last year to eighty-five point three percent so far this season. Now that's early, but swing strike rate's way down, swing rate in general is way down, he's becoming more of a selective hitter. And that all sounds great, except that you didn't draft uh Evan Gaddis because he might walk nine percent of the time. You have, you drafted Evan Gaddis because you want him to hit thirty-five home runs and you don't care how he gets there. Um, looking at the exit velocity, I'm gonna give you a list of players that will make you feel really, really bad about owning Evan Gaddis. This is the ranking from 319 to 323 in average exit velocity on home runs and or on line drives and fly balls. Evan Gaddis, Gerard Dyson, Jose Peraza, Eric Sogard, and Manny Pena. So three fast guys, a catcher. And Look, Evan he's, he's
1: hitting like crap, okay, and he's sitting. Is is Evan Gaddis a buy low, or stay away, or heck no? Uh,
0: he might be like two days away from being a buy free in most of your leagues.
2: Yeah, he's definitely been dropped in some leagues. Uh People have dropped him for Francisco Cervelli, who wasn't drafted in most leagues, and I I couldn't argue with that right now, especially in a points league. Um, if he was on the waiver wire and I didn't have one of the top three or four catchers, I would be adding him.
1: Who are you concerned? I'll just go faster here. Who are you actually concerned about, if anyone? Edwin Encarnacion, his third straight pretty bad April. Nope. Okay. Also, how about this stat I heard on the broadcast yesterday? Cleveland's game temperature through basically all of April compared to April last year, 20 degrees lower. Than it was this time a year ago. So you know they've had well, a tough hitting environment.
0: They're supposed to be record highs on the East Coast this week. So hopefully he gets some of that.
1: Let's rock and roll. John uh, Carlos Stanton, Alex Bregman, Rafael Devers, Chris Bryant.
0: Um, Rafael Devers, I think is is a little concerning. Um, just because he doesn't have the track record, he's young, he's still figuring himself out, and we drafted him as if he was more of a sure thing than he probably should have been now that the profile projected to be something of a sure thing because he's a high contact guy he's super talented and if you make the majors at 20, chances are you're going to be pretty good. but this is the this is the the risk when investing a lot in a young player is that he just didn't have the track record to back it up. I I am
2: not worried about John Carlos Stanton being a bad player. I'm not worried about Giancarlo Stanton being someone that, like, is actively hurting your team. But I think there is certainly concern for somebody that drafted Giancarlo Stanton in the first round. His strikeout rate, 33%, is probably still going to come down a little bit. It's the highest of his career. But last year, he'd gotten all the way down to 23.6%, with a 12% walk rate, which was higher than any year since 2014. Now, the walk rate's down, the strikeout rate's up. The swinging strike rate is also up, I believe, a career high in swinging strike rate as well. If he strikes out this much, it's going to be really difficult for him to justify first-round value.
0: It's the lowest contact rate he's ever had. Um, he's swinging at basically outside of the zone. He's swinging at as often as he did in 2016. That was a big area of improvement last year. Um, can he close his stance anymore? I think he might have his back to the pitcher if he does. I mean,
2: if you want to be the narrative guy, you, it wouldn't be hard to believe that he's pressing in New York. He did get booed in his first home game by apparently the worst fans in baseball.
0: Uh, objectively.
1: Get out of here worst fans of baseball. When you, they
2: show up. You boo John Carlos Stanton in his first home game. You earned that
1: marker. They boo. He went over five with five strikeouts. They're,
0: they're irrational and mean to everyone. He yeah, that exactly. makes them the worst.
1: Uh I'm not in the same sort of vein. I'm not worried that Chris Bryant's going to be a bad player. I am worried that he's going to be a lot better in points than he is in Roto, specifically a batting average Roto League. And it's basically just comes down to home runs. He's become a guy who walks as much as he strikes out, which is great. But 29 home runs last year, and he's got two so far in 22 games. Uh, is he going to hit 39 like he did the year before when he won the MVP in 2016? Or is he a 29? If he's a 29 home run hitter, I don't know that Chris Bryant's going to be worthy of a top 15 pick in rotisserie leagues.
0: No, and he's gone the opposite way of a lot of the guys that we talk about um in terms of his batted ball profile, in 2016 he had 31% of his ball, batted balls were hit on the ground. Last year it was 38, this year it's 41. This Chris Bryant was like one of the like models of the fly ball revolution. He wasn't someone who changed his swing, he was someone who just had an ideal swing. And uh, I don't know, maybe he's gone the other way.
1: So I is there anybody on this list, Encarnacion, Stanton, Bregman, Devers, Bryant? That you would draft lower than you drafted four weeks ago or whatever. Five weeks ago.
0: No, but there are guys on this list that I just never drafted. Would you still take Stanton in the first round?
1: Yeah. I don't think you would. He's got twenty two he's got twenty runs. With all you know, so he's kind of got that sort of baked in. Like fifteen RBIs, twenty runs in in how many in twenty eight games? You know, so even struggling, he's going to help you. Kind of like what you said about Aaron Judge, you know? He should get 100 runs, 100 RBIs. Unless it's just terrible. You would think so. Okay, uh, emails and tweets real quick here. Alexander, someone dropped Eduardo Nunez in a 12 team head to head league. Would you drop Scott Kingery for Nunez?
2: I wouldn't. Uh, points is Nunez's worst format anyway, and we do have Dustin Pedroia coming back. I might be dropping Scott Kingery for someone else, but in a points league, Nunez isn't that guy.
1: Jeff wants to know, is it too soon to drop Matt Carpenter in a 12-team head-to-head points league? Yes. Yes, especially in that format.
2: I'm working on a little something on Matt Carpenter right now for DFS purposes, but, like, it doesn't— And I know I said last year didn't make any sense. He has a 6.7% soft contact rate. He's also
0: fixed the things that were wrong last year. Yeah. Like, all of the concerns about, well, his— his launch angle was too high. He was hitting too many fly balls, and that's why his batting average and Babbitt were so low, and they, they had to stay low. And, uh, yeah, he's he's not hitting as many fly balls. He's not hitting as many infield fly balls.
2: I'm going to keep betting on Matt Carpenter yeah. over and over and over again. As Chris has said about a couple other players, if you want to sell Matt Carpenter, give me your Matt Carpenter.
1: Yeah, I'm going to bet on Carpenter in a points league, in a roto league. It's still a buy low. I just I'm not sure he's a standout there even at his best.
2: Well, he's he's not. I don't think he was ever rated as a starting first baseman or third baseman in a roto league. But almost all, all of our roto leagues have corner infielders, and yeah. he is or abs- utility absolutely a standard. Right, like a
1: head-to-head categories league that doesn't have that. Like, I have Matt Carpenter in that format, and I'm just not sure how good he is in that format. He's he's certainly ownable. I just don't don't know that he's a must-start there. But in a points league, he's he's basically going to be so much better than you realize. Uh, the second part of this question is for Chris uh, from Jeff. How many times is too many times to see Infinity Wars?
0: Uh, I've only seen it once, but I've been trying. This is a bad week because I'm going out of town, but I've been trying to carve out some time to go see it again.
1: You're, you're a weirdo. From Dami, is Sonny Gray worth dropping in a 10-team points league?
0: I think that's fine.
1: He had, he had an encouraging um, start
0: yesterday. Was,
2: now is not the time I would be dropping Sonny Gray. I like, I could have understood if you dropped him before last night's start. Yeah. But I've... uh I'd I'd be I'd be holding on probably, maybe even seeing if I could make a trade. Look, Sonny Gray's fixed. You want him?
1: <laughs> I tried trading uh Ronaldo Lopez for Gray before yesterday's start. It was rejected. I thought it was realistic.
2: Maybe if there is uh, an Adam Eaton owner out there that's frustrated by how long he's been on the disabled list, (laughs) try to trade Sonny Gray for Adam Eaton.
1: All right, from Mike. What does Wilson Contreras' data look like? It's been a minute since he gave me any counting stats. Wilson Contreras is actually the number eight catcher in points leagues because he has the third most at bats, but he's number 18 in Roto.
0: Uh, before the season, I said he was someone who could stand to hit the ball in the air a little bit more, and he's hitting the ball in the air quite a bit more. His fly ball percentage is up to 40%, um, but it's not doing anything for him right now. He's not hitting the ball very hard. I just I think he'll be fine. I think that's actually a good sign. It makes me more confident that we're going to get a very good uh, run out of Wilson Contreras. I think it's just mostly fluky.
1: Okay, from Thomas. Uh, Chris Archer has had as many swinging strikes on his changeup as his slider. I think that's what he was trying to say in his last start. It's happening. Maybe. Uh, I, I think this is important. You know, we sort of briefly mentioned it, but if he is going to use his changeup more, Chris Archer is going to be a lot better. And it's really important as a guy who always dumps on Chris Archer. That would be a big development. Let's, let's continue to track that. From Jake, is Ian Desmond droppable? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah,
2: I would not drop him in a five outfielder league
1: Dave in LA wants to know if you would drop David Dahl for Franchi Cordero And Alex from Rapid City wants to know if you would drop David Dahl for Jesse Winker
0: I would drop him for Winker for sure I think I would drop him for Cordero
1: Okay, thank you And that will do it for our emails here Let's see what we got I think as much as I want to have fun we should probably talk about pitchers from yesterday's games. So, I'm gonna read a pitcher's name, and you give me a few sentences on how you feel about him. Trevor that Bauer. Is so much fun, Trevor Bauer.
0: I I think he's pretty good. Uh, he added a slider this year, and it seems to be working.
1: I'm I'm pretty sold on Trevor Bauer, guys. He th- I th- I like his durability. He throws a ton of pitches. He throws a 100 pitches every start. He's thrown 111 or more in 3 straight starts. Just
2: keep him keep him away from drones. The the problem is like he you, know, you like his durability, but when I hear I like his durability, I'm thinking he's going to throw a bunch of innings. And he never really has.
1: He's doing well this uh, year, right? He's got 40 and a third so far.
2: Yes. So far. So yeah. good.
1: Uh Cole Hamels
0: he is throwing a slider. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but there was some confusion about whether he was because it wasn't showing up in the pitch data. He does have a slider that's a little bit slower and has a little bit more break than the cutter. I'm I'm pretty impressed by what he's done so far. I kind I kind of think you could make a case
2: that Cole Hamels is going to be better than Jake Arrieta.
0: I don't think it's crazy. I wouldn't say it. I already did, but I don't think it's crazy.
1: Alright, rank these three pitchers. Cole Hamills, Jeff Samarja, John Lester.
2: Lester Samarja, Hamels. I agree with that. I don't think there's, they are closer now than they were at the start of the year though.
1: Rank these four pitchers. Jamison Tyone, Tanner Roark, Aaron Sanchez, Eduardo Rodriguez. Jamison Tyone, Tanner Roark, Aaron Sanchez, Eduardo Rodriguez.
0: Tyone, Roark, Sanchez, Rodriguez. I think I agree with that.
1: Okay. Is Jake Faria under at 62%?
2: Yes. Yeah, I would drop Sonny Gray for him. I don't no. know that I would go that far, but yeah, I think he's a little under
1: I'm seeing a trend with, with Faria. I want to see if it continues to play out, but I am treating him as a ballpark guy. I will start him most of the time at home. He's had, Faria's had two terrible starts this year. They were at Boston and at Baltimore. So, I, you know, and next week is at Baltimore. If you pick up Faria and you don't believe that he's gonna be good on the road, you might not wanna start him next week at Baltimore. But this week he's a two-star pitcher. He was great at Detroit yesterday. Eight scoreless innings with six strikeouts. And he's got Toronto at home this weekend. I'll probably start him in that start. And then if he has another good one, it's gonna be tough for me to sit him at Baltimore, but we'll see. It's a trend I'm tracking with Faria.
2: Yeah, the bad thing is that what a fifth of his home starts are going to come against the Red Sox or Yankees. I'm not going to start him at home against those yeah, guys.
1: Yeah, I know it's tough to be a raised pitcher. Uh, okay, let's see. Let's do team name Tuesday. We get we get a lot of submissions, so here we go. Chris from Fort Lauderdale. Uh, the, one of the worst I've, I've ever seen. Parmesan Carlo crusted Stanton.
0: Oh, I my, guess could like salmon. Yeah, is this
1: you like Parmesan crusted salmon. <laughs>
0: Yes. No, mine are mine are better. I don't know. Yeah, mine are mine are always better.
1: Chris also wants us to know, Christian Fort Lauderdale, uh that he was on Double Dare two thousand as a kid with his family. He lost to the other team and did not get to participate to participate in the slopstickle course.
0: That's oh. unfortunate. I'm yeah. sorry, Chris.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, Chris. Uh this is uh, okay, some more. Mint Junus Kentucky yep. Derby theme. Mint Very Junis. nice. Peanut button peanut damn it. Peanut ben and tendy time.
2: Sure. Yeah. I don't know what you just did.
1: It's peanut butter jelly time now.
2: And then like the <laughs> banana dance. But <laughs> like, but Ben and Tinny doesn't sound anything like butter jelly.
1: Well, I mean, it, it kind of does. does. Yeah, it does.
0: The sim, the syllables.
1: You guys won't get this. because Oh, you don't we watch... need Scott to. Oh God.
0: Roll in on the syllables.
1: You won't get this one because you don't watch uh, Game of Thrones. Gabriel, Enoa you know, nothing. Jon Snow. I think that's sure. Okay. Sure, I know that. North Korea. Sure. I I was cracking up when I read North Korea last night. I think it's great. Confirmation bias,
2: sure, very nice.
1: Luke Casey, I am your Padre. Okay, yeah, I get it. Cool hand, Luke Casey.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: Chad, cool pun here. Cool whip. Sure, cool whip. And while my VR gently weeps. Okay, okay, that's terrific. Uh, no, there, there's got to
0: be a better one. Uh, with there's got to be a better guitar pun we can make vr hero no 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 like sticking with the song but finding a different way to do the
1: i'm not saying it's bad it's not bad it's great um all right it's time for some regulation so you have a league dispute you need us to regulate we've got your back this is from andrew davis Someone just traded Mookie Betts for Didi Gregorius in my 20-team Roto League. As commish, I got rid of vetoes, so all trades go through me. Should I allow this, or is it potential collusion? Mookie Betts for Didi Gregorius.
2: Do you want to kick them out of the league? If the answer is no, then you should pass it on.
1: Okay, so you're cool with it? Yep. Yep. Okay. Next up, we I mean, got... I want to clarify. Just it's so a bad trade. Know. It's awful trade. Yeah. yeah, it's a bad trade not a good trade next up uh this is from oh i don't have a name here but he says dear fantasy mount rushmore regulate for me i am the commissioner of a head-to-head points 10 team league i gave up a trade kenley jansen and rafael devers for manny machado kenley jansen and Devers for manny machado couple of my play couple of my league mates are screaming for a voting system is this Warranting of voting system, Kenley Jansen and Rafael Devers for Manny Machado.
0: It's it's another one that's not a good trade, but no, you shouldn't no, you shouldn't have a vote nothing warrants a voting system. No. no. Democracy is terrible.
1: Yeah, I disagree with you guys. But that has been today's segment of Fantasy Regulators. Okay, and that'll do it. Um, let's do today's matchups. And then if you stay tuned to the Are end. we all
2: most to the part where we have fun?
1: We're not having fun. Oh, are you not entertained? <laughs> I'm having fun. I'm, you really hurt my feelings. That was really mean. All right, Doug Fister at Mike. Take Cle- a
2: picture of one of your body parts and ask what was wrong with it. I would never <laughs> do something like that. Doug Fister at Mike Clevenger. Could have been worse. Start Clevenger.
1: Yeah. Chad Cool at Max Scherzer. Sit Cool. Start Scherzer. Uh, Scherzer. Sure yeah. Then. Chase Anderson at and Homer Bailey. Uh.
0: I guess you can start Chase Anderson. It's a good matchup, but it's in a bad park, and there is some wild regression coming for Chase Anderson.
2: And the Reds' offense has woken up just a little bit. I don't. It's it's an okay matchup. I don't feel comfortable starting Chase Anderson. I understand
0: why some of you may.
1: Sean Newcomb at Noah Syndergaard.
0: I think I'd start both. Start them both.
1: Jake Junis at Chris Sale.
0: I would start Chris Sale.
2: I would start Sale. I would start Chase Anderson over Jake Junas, but I again I could understand in a points league why you're starting Junas.
1: Zach Eflin slash Efron at Jaime Garcia. No, at at Harlan Garcia. Harlan. Harlan. Uh, Harlan I would Harlan.
0: not start either. No, don't start them.
1: Chris Archer at Matt Boyd. I would start Chris Archer. Yeah, Chris Archer's, Chris Archer's going to be good today. Uh John Gray at Kyle Hendricks.
0: I would start both. This
2: is uh, – we had one last night where it didn't really matter, but the wind in Chicago, you know, that's – they they call it the windy city because they have a lot of wind there. Mm-hmm.
0: It's because of the politicians.
2: And the wind is howling out to left today. So just factor that into your decision. I would probably start both as well, but factor that in. I, I will
0: point out the Rockies lineup is not good.
1: no. No, they're, they're hitting like 220 or something. They're,
0: no, and they were a bad offense last year. Yeah. Like, Coors Field covered it up, but on the road, that's not a team that you should be worried about at all.
1: Uh, Marco Estrada at Kyle Gibson.
0: Kyle Gibson.
1: Just set, uh, just starter sit, sorry. Might be good. I, I know, I know. Start both. Sit them both. Read what Chris wrote about Kyle Gibson. <laughs> uh, Jordan Montgomery at Justin Verlander.
0: S- start Verlander. That's it.
1: James Shields at Michael Waka.
0: Start Walker.
1: Yeah. Clayton Kershaw at Matt Cook.
0: Start Kershaw.
2: Oh, Cook could be an interesting points league streamer. He, he is a good control guy in the Dodgers lineup right now with no Puig and no Seager. That's bad.
1: Yeah. No Turner, no Seager, no Puig. It's, yeah, they're struggling. Uh, Alex Cog at, Cog at Nick Tropiano. Pass.
2: Start Tropiano. The Orioles have the third highest strikeout rate against righties. Uh, I'd start Trapano.
1: Andrew Triggs at and Felix Hernandez. Uh,
0: I would prefer not to start either of them. I would prefer that as well.
1: Tyson Ross at and Andrew Suarez.
0: I would be okay starting Tyson Ross. I agree with that.
1: All right, we're gonna do a brief skit to end the show. Keith wants me to do a voice comparison between me and Doug Funny. He thinks I sound like Doug Funny. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he says, "Keep it by." This is not an insult. Doug is the man, perhaps the goat of Nicktoons. So.
0: I forgot what I was supposed to say. I was supposed to say something.
1: Yeah, you're supposed to say, Hey Doug, hurry or we'll miss the show.
0: Oh, I, am, am I playing Skeeter Valentino?
1: No, you're playing Patty
0: Mayonnaise. Oh, okay. So I'm going to- I think s- she was like,
1: Hurry Doug or we'll miss the show. That wasn't Patty Mayonnaise. Hey, do we, hey do Doug, we... hurry or we'll miss the show is the line. And you're going to say it after I say it's not a date four times. Okay. Do we get to
2: have
0: fun after this.
1: Yes. Alright, so here we go. It's not a date. It's not a date. It's not a date. It's not a date.
0: Hey Doug, hurry or we'll miss
1: the show. Hey Patty, she's dressed up. Okay, it's a date. And now here we go. It's not a date. It's not a date. It's not a date. It's not a date. Hey Doug, hurry or we'll miss the show. Hey Patty, she's dressed up. Okay, it's a date. Well, I can't hear my
0: own voice. Do I sound like Doug Funny? Uh, if you, like, held your nose, I think you might. Uh,
2: I think if you just took the modulation off, <laughs> you probably would sound just like, oh.
1: Chris, you have to work on your patty mayonnaise. And tomorrow we'll be back to grade some trades on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast.